Well, if you can believe it, we are in the last couple of weeks of 2023. I am recording this on December 14th, and I, or I'm, I guess, really, I'm finishing up a couple of CEO days in North Carolina, and I spent my entire morning planning 2024 and what that looks like and what both businesses are going to be doing in the next year. And I'm really excited. However, one of the things that I love doing in December is really reflecting back on the year and seeing what worked and what didn't and the lessons I learned and what I'm going to be bringing in to the next year with me. And this year is no different. So I really wanted to do today's episode on the lessons I learned as a CEO. This is the first year that I've really, really shifted into that role in my business. And I wanted to kind of give you some insight on the things that I learned, the things I'm taking into 2024, the things I'm leaving in 2023, and hopefully help you make the shift to CEO even better in the future for you or, you know, now. Okay. So let's dive in. If you all have listened to this podcast, you know that I have really focused on you know, building my team this year on marketing and sales and and that sort of thing. And there are some things I've done that have been really, really great and have helped move, especially Success Mandolins and, you know, that team and then the JBC brand forward. And then there were some things <laughs> that I didn't do so well. And it may not have hindered the company, but it definitely didn't move us forward, right? So I wanted to kind of talk about first the things that I learned that I'm not going to bring into 2024. One of the first lessons I learned in this year is you really need to listen to your gut. And this was shown really clearly to me within the first six months of the year. And it was based on a couple of different hires I had in the business that it was one of those I was trying to make a square peg fit into a round hole situation. And I really let the contract go too long. And it, was, it wasn't detrimental to my business, but it did cost me at least a couple thousand dollars, if not you know, a few thousand dollars and some frustration. So I am really following my gut when it comes to what works and what doesn't in both businesses. Because as I have analyzed the decisions I've made in both businesses over the last couple of years, the ones that have worked really, really well are the ones that I don't second guess, I feel really strongly about, and I'm really excited about. And when I have been unsure, you know, kind of waffling on it or taking like dragging my feet on making a decision, then those are typically the moves that end up not being the best fit. So I'm really leaning into that going into 2024. And there are a couple of bigger decisions, especially on the SBTL side, that 
I'm trying to decide where the business goes for the future. And there is one particular idea I have in mind that I'm really excited about that will be announced soon. So I'm excited. And then the other lesson that was kind of a tough one to swallow this year was I need to know my numbers. Now, this is, I've always, my business, you know, thank the universe, has always been profitable. And typically, my business runs between 50 and 60% profitability, which is phenomenal for an agency. And I've been really, really proud of that. I invest a lot in the business. I've done a lot of investing in the team this year. I did the biggest investment financially that I've ever made in my own coaching this year. And it was, it ended up all being good. However, there was a span of about three months this summer where our profitability dropped by 20%. Actually, I think it was closer to like 25% or 26%. And it, it was a challenging time because when the profitability isn't there in the business, then of course, it's much harder for me to pay, to like get my paycheck paid through the business, Right. My team's paid, you know, the, the office, you know, the expenses are paid, but, you know, I'm kind of getting the, not the short end of the stick, but it's, it's more difficult to pay myself, when, obviously, when, when profits are down. So I had to kind of do a deep dive on our numbers and figure out where the leak was. And I realized that there were a couple of chances I took. It, earlier in the year that weren't having a return on the investment. And the investment was was a, was significant. It was, you know, probably, you know, a little over a thousand or two thousand dollars a month. And once I realized that, I had to to make some tough decisions. I ended up having to cut two people from the team that I honestly had on a bit too long. And looking at our numbers, I realized that there were a couple of accounts that I was actually losing money on. So ended up having to kind of have those conversations of like, hey, we need to raise your rates. And it wasn't, I'm saying this and and I'm letting you all know, their rates weren't newly raised and I had to raise them again because of operational expenses, like increasing that kind of thing. They were on rates from two years ago. And they had missed, like they had onboarded right before I did my first big quote unquote price increase. I believe it was like the fall of 2022. So in the, in the fall of 2020, I launched like the agency and I kept those rates for until the fall of 2022. So whoever we onboarded that summer, like right before the fall, they were on 2020 rates. So I ended up having to go back to those clients and say, you know, hey, I'm crunching numbers. This is where our retainer needs to be in order to, you know, support the business moving forward and catch their retainers up to what, you know, where they should be. And that that was very helpful. 
So, you know, kind of looking in at those numbers and realizing how long I was losing on those accounts was really eye-opening to me. I have a bookkeeper. I have an incredible accounting team and absolutely adore them. It's the freelance CFO and they have a full suite of bookkeeping, accounting, tax services, and they're phenomenal. So if you ever need anything, tell them that Jen Bay sent you because they will take great care of you. And I looked at the reports and, and that's, of course, it was where I first realized like, hey, are, you know, they're like, your profitability is a little low, that kind of thing. I was like, oh, dang. But they're tracking the big numbers. Like this is all of the money you've brought in. And this is all of the money that was spent. They aren't looking at what are your retainers, who's doing what, you know, that kind of thing. That information is in my court. That has to come from me going and looking at things. And I'm, I was very lackadaisical about those reports. I didn't pull them. I don't track them. I don't, my team reports their time each week, but they're not up until this fall. They don't track it by, by client, you know, those sorts of things. So the big lesson, probably the biggest lesson, if I'm being honest, that I'm taking from 2023 and bringing into 2024 is you you have to know your numbers. You have to understand where your money is going in the business and what's it doing in the business and where's your profitability coming from? What's your most profitable revenue stream? Are there things that you can do to tighten things up? Are there tools and resources that you can give your team to improve profitability? And, um, and improve, you know, their efficiency, all of these things. So that was a big wake up call in, in early summer. And it's something that now, you know, my goal is to do that deep dive on our numbers once a quarter and make sure that I'm remaining profitable per client account, not just remaining profitable because you can say that you're a six-figure business owner, and if you're not profitable, then does it matter? Okay, so my goal isn't to have a six-multi-six-figure business and not take good care of my team or not be able to pay my own bills or whatever the case is. My goal is to have a multi-six-figure business and be able to pay my team well and do birthday bonuses or do holiday bonuses or, you know, be able to send them something if if they've had something happen in their life. I mean, we just had two babies on the team or three babies on the team, you know, so I want to be able to gift during those times and making sure that, you know, the business can support those things is really important to me. So now, I know I need to to do that deep dive on the numbers and and take a closer look and you know pull all of the different subscription fees because that's one thing I was talking to a consulting client not too long ago about you know she was looking at her numbers and trying to figure things out and she was talking about all these all these different platforms that they have and 
I was telling her, I was like, you need to do like a tools and platform audit because it sounds like you have multiple tools that are doing similar or the same things. And you could probably condense that into one or two. You are paying money that you don't need to be paying. So doing that in my own business and kind of auditing what what tools we use, what platforms we're on, and you know what can we get rid of? What can we condense? There's so many the platforms that are available to us today, whether it's a project management tool or a screen recording app or a client relationship system, whatever that is, they're all evolving and they're all bringing on tools within those tools to make it more efficient, to make it work better, to make it the thing for business owners. So as you audit, make sure if you have similar programs like Searchy and Loom, they're screen recording programs. You don't need both. Now, HoneyBook has a way for you to sell digital files, digital products. So if you have something like Funnel Gorgeous, you can, unless you know you're you have intricate funnels and you have intricate campaigns and that sort of thing, you could potentially get rid of Funnel Gorgeous and then use HoneyBook to host your digital products and use Flowdesk to do your lead page or your form or your nurture sequence, whatever. And it's going to save you money. <laughs> Instead of spending $120 a month on one thing, you could set you could spend between HoneyBook at $40 a month and Funnel Gorgeous at or sorry, Flowdesk at I think it's $39, $39 a month, you're spending 80. And so you're saving 40 and they're easier to use in my opinion. So doing this audit once a quarter, figuring out, is there any fat that we can trim and and then move on from there is a big lesson and kind of tip, I guess, as a CEO that you need to know, I have to implement and, and am bringing it into 2024. You have zero balance between your work and life. Are you losing leads because you're overwhelmed? Are you losing sales because you are constantly putting out fires? If you answered yes, then I would love to encourage you to join our Business Boundaries Bootcamp. This free, self-paced, four-video program is all about determining maintaining and implementing your boundaries so you can run a business you love again. Head over to the link in our show notes to sign up. The other thing that surprised me about this year and was a hard kind of pill to swallow was figuring out how to best utilize my time. Now, this seems this might seem really weird, but I found out this year that I have ADHD and trying to remain productive and focused in my own home was really challenging initially. I had gotten into the habit where I was spending a couple of hours, if not a whole day at Starbucks and I was really productive there and I was busy and I made connections with other people and and all of that. 
And when I moved my office back home, it was surprising to me that I was struggling to be productive. I was having such a hard time sitting down and focusing on my work. So in one of my therapy sessions, I was telling Christy this. I was like, what is going on? Like, I cannot, I cannot focus. And she ended up attributing it partially, at least, to having ADHD and being in Starbucks allows that second kind of area in your brain that has to be like, entertained isn't a good word for it, but like occupied in order for you to keep being productive. So like the noises, the conversations you hear, you know, people stopping by and saying hi, you waving and saying hello, those little things aren't disruptive. They are actually occupying this like secondary space in your head. So you are able to focus on what you need to focus on. I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. So what I started doing was I ended up playing a Spotify playlist full of like this coffee shop in New York. So you have like all the coffee shop sounds, you have people talking, you have rain happening, you have like coffee being made and coffee being grounded and, and that kind of thing. And it actually helped. And then the other thing that I did, uh, I went on ADHD medication and I was terrified about this. I was very nervous about, about doing any type of medication, but it has been extremely helpful on multiple levels of my life. And it made a huge difference. So I'm super, super grateful, you know, that my therapist worked with me on that. She connected me with actually a psychiatrist. That's who could prescribe me the medication. And uh, it's been a really great experience. I, yeah. So I'll just leave it at that. So finding different tools to, you know, make sure that I am and being productive throughout my day was a surprising challenge uh, this year. So as we go into 2024, I am coming off of the HoneyBook Partner Summit that was hosted in San Francisco this year by HoneyBook. And it was such an incredible experience. And it was so inspiring and empowering and educational and informational and all of these things. And as I was sitting there, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what, you know, listening to to the keynotes and um, and then like our affiliate, oh my gosh, what do they call them? Like affiliate group leader. I'm like, this is this is what I want to focus on going into 2024. And I had already decided that affiliate income revenue growth was going to be a focus for 2024. But what I hadn't considered before the HoneyBook Summit was how I was actually going to implement that. And you can have ideas all day long. We can wake up with 10 ideas every single day, but if you do not have an action plan in place to implement those ideas, then you're actually shooting yourself in the foot and you aren't going to see the momentum that you want because you're not setting a plan in place to make it happen. So a big focus for my CEO week was figuring out, okay, 
This is how many hours I have in a week. These are the boundaries and the priorities I have going into 2024. And these are the goals that I have for 2024. And I am going to be doing an in-depth blog post on what my CEO week entailed and how I took my goals, boundaries, and priorities and created a schedule to help me make my big goal. So I'm going to do a big podcast, big blog on that, I believe, in January. So keep your eyes peeled. And my email list is getting first dibs. So if you're not on there, you should be. So coming into 2024, I did a lot of planning this week. And how am I going to go from not having any affiliate income to making it an impactful revenue stream for 2024. So that was, you know, one of the big focuses for 2024 that I'm really excited about. And like I said, I'll be sharing a bit more on that in in January. The other thing that I am bringing into 2024 is and has worked really, really well for 2023 is Because I am in this incredible position with SBTL, where I am firmly in the CEO seat, I'm not working with clients day in and day out one-on-one, it's given me a opportunity or an opportunity to really focus on our sales. I have always been an advocate for Anyone who inquires with you, they get an automatic email to with a link to schedule a call with you. And I, I'm still an advocate for that. I feel like there is absolutely a time and place for it. Automation, systemization, op, you know, is, is one of the big keys to optimizing your, your business and making sure your business is efficient and you are spending your time efficiently. However, because I don't have to rely on that email going out, I have the time to dedicate to to connecting with my leads a lot faster. I've tested that out in Q4 of 2023. And it's working really well. I've booked more calls for that time. And, And I'll be honest, some of it hasn't been great. I did it with anybody looking for anything on our inquiry form. And I realized that if they're not a good fit, like I don't want to waste my time. And I've been doing this long enough that most of the time I can go off of an inquiry form and see if they're a good fit for the business or not. So as I kind of tested this out, initially I was doing it for every single lead that came in. I even did a couple of these on Saturday and realized that... Yes, responding quickly works really well, but I want to respond quickly within my boundaries as far as time goes. And I want to do it with people that I'm excited about working with. I want to do it with potential clients that I feel are going to be a good fit, whether it's JBC or SBTL. And I'm not going to be removing that automatic email anytime soon. But I am going to reach out a lot faster personally to those ideal clients that are that are coming to my inbox. And that's, again, that's something that's worked really well. I've connected with 
a few new clients that way. And they've been a great fit. And the ones that I have taken that I looked at the inquiry for, and I was like, I don't know about this one, but maybe weren't a good fit and they didn't move forward. So again, it kind of goes back to that gut check that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. And I'm leaning into that pretty heavily going into 2024. And I'm going to be ratcheting up those sales connections faster. I want to respond faster. I want, I've intentionally left time and space in my calendar most weeks where I can jump on a call same day or within 24 hours. And, and like I said, that's one of the things that has worked very, very well. The other thing that has worked really, really well is meeting with my team regularly. Now, this might seem like a no-brainer, but prior to no longer working with clients one-on-one and having day-in and day-out clients, there was little opportunity for me to meet with my team regularly. And not only was there little opportunity, I didn't have the mental capacity or the mental space to meet with my, my team regularly. And I didn't realize how detrimental that was. My team is phenomenal and they were managing things just fine. However, I really did my team a disservice, especially new people coming in, because I I wasn't as available to them as I have been with the team that I have now. And it's really set my team up now. It's set them better for success. It's allowed me to be clued in on what's happening more. And it's allowed us to kind of up-level the client experience because I'm seeing things I want to improve a lot faster than I was a year ago or, I mean, even nine months ago. So spending you know, a, a monthly meeting with each branch of, of my team has been, has been really influential this year. And definitely something that we're carrying into 2024. And I am probably going to end up testing even more like individual meetings. That's not something I've, I've done yet, but I think I'm going to be doing monthly check-ins with each individual person on my team so that, you know, just, just so I can keep a pulse on things. And my team in the grand scheme of things is pretty intimate and we all, you know, enjoy each other's company and we all get along really well. And I want to make sure that I'm I'm not only supporting each branch, but I'm also supporting them as individuals. So, you know, those are the things that I am bringing into 2024 that I'm I'm really excited about. And then, you know, the big lessons that I learned this year and making sure that my focus is where it needs to be. And it's it's on the growth of of the companies and making sure that I'm serving both companies with my best foot forward. And and that means that I'm prioritizing, you know, my my own rest, my own recharge, making sure that when I'm in the office, I'm in the office and uh, and I'm getting things done because at the end of the day, you know, there are nine people relying on the business to help them pay bills or pay bills or you know, whatever the case may be. So it's something that I'm so grateful for and I'm so excited about for 2024. And 
you know, was was a big you know, learning moment for, for 2023. As I shifted into the CEO position this year, I think I needed a minute to kind of breathe because I had been doing implementation work one-on-one for five years and doing it full-time essentially for five years. And it was a lot of pressure and it was a lot of mental load. So I think as I made that transition initially, the growth of the business and my kind of focus really shifted more to kind of just taking care of myself and taking better care of my home. And now I feel like, okay, I've recharged. I know what works. I know what doesn't. And I'm taking those very intentionally into 2024. And we are about to blow it out of the water. And I am so excited. So I would love to hear from you. What are the different lessons that you learned in 2023? What are you leaving in 2023? What are you bringing forward to uh, forward with you in 2024? Let me know. Tag me on Instagram. Shoot me an email. And I will be here responding because I love hearing from you all. And I hope you have a great day. And I'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the CEO Shift Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you took a few minutes to leave us a review on wherever you were listening to this episode. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Oh, 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 o